Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, attorneys at law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Welcome to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. Pete Sampson, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley. We're a couple days away from Georgia. A massive game if you live in reality, or just another game if you're inside the Goog. Um, what are your sort of guys coming into this week? You know, you've got the Jacob Eason to Jake Fromm story, the tackling and Nick Chubb story, uh, the Brandon Wimbush hits story. Um, the Georgia fans coming to Notre Dame wearing red story. What what actually is interesting to you this week? Uh, and you can't say Georgia players not knowing about Rudy. I think the level, the <laughs> jumping level, really, and not just for Notre Dame, for both teams. You know, it's Notre Dame fans that really, really want to believe jumped all over the Temple win. Those that don't want to believe at all don't care about the Temple win. There's the middle ground where, look, Georgia's much better than, much more athletic than Temple. They just have better football players. It's going to be a bigger test for Notre Dame. This is the litmus test to see about the offseason, the spring, the summer, the grit. This is it. They, they looked better than most people thought they would against Temple, but that doesn't matter. What matters is what we see on the field Saturday night. Yeah, the, the unknown of Notre Dame versus Georgia, we just have no uh, measuring stick by which to, to, to measure it. And, and uh, you know, SEC-level uh, program, it's a big step up for both because – you know, if you if you saw the Georgia Appalachian State game, and they they certainly weren't uh, totally efficient that game. They once Jake Fromm came in, um, they did some things offensively. So to me, it's basically everything that's that happens on the field. It's Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. They're going to be a handful. That Georgia offensive line though is scrambled. They they are probably starting two offensive guards this week that didn't uh, start last week. So they're kind of scrambled. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity for Nordheim's defensive line, I think, because of that. But the challenge of tackling, Nordheim will tackle better this week, I, I would imagine, just because it's game two. Although these guys are going to be a little bit more difficult to tackle than Temple's running backs. Yeah, that's why I feel like they probably won't. Put, well, if they I mean, I think the posi- same, I think, think they take that. But I think they'll be, I think they'll be in better position. Won't look as bad. Uh, on misses don't have. Yeah, you know, technique get, is better. Getting you know, to the run fit. Yeah. Getting to the run fit out of control. I think that that you know that was pervasive throughout the first game, and so um, you know, I Georgia's got a lot of things to clean up as well. I thought some of the missed tackles, to, to Tim's point, had less to do with the dynamic running back or player in space you're going against, where. If Sony Michel fakes you out, it's not because you did everything wrong as a tackler. It might be because yeah. he's really good and you're caught in space mm-hmm. and you're in safety. Yeah, and that was, I guess, 
Greer Martini, Drew Tranquil. I didn't get a chance to talk to Niles Morgan about it. Nick Watkins a little bit about sort of the tackling last week. What was good, what was bad. Because when we talk about missed tackles, it's, you know, there's there's getting to the point of contact and not wrapping up with the right technique. And then there's not even getting to the point of contact. Uh, Notre Dame did a very good job of getting to the point of contact last week. Um, they're just a little skittish in in wrapping up and, you know, when I went through and watched the tape, I had Niles Morgan for a couple misses and Martini for a couple, Asmar for one. But it, it wasn't as much as I thought it was live. Um, Coleman bounced off. Coleman had a couple. Yeah. Uh, but when I talked to Greer Martini about it, he's like, yeah, Clark Lee is a much harder grader than you. Um, so <laughs> so that's they, good. They, that's have, a good thing. they have a different definition of what's a missed tackle. Because I, I sort of look at it as like, if you hit the guy and bounce off, but then there's another guy right on top of you to finish it. Like, I don't ding you for that, but I think Notre Dame actually does. Um, you know, Nick Chubb forced, I believe, seven or eight missed tackles last week against Appalachian State. He's got a 600-pound squat. Uh, he's short. He's dynamic. He's NFL good. And I thought it was very telling and maybe a little alarming when Brian Kelly said, you can't expect to tackle them with your safeties unless you have NFL safeties. And God knows we know Notre Dame does not have NFL safeties. Yeah, I agree with him that they the safeties will not have a good tackling day in space against Georgia's athletes. Now, they are going to have... I mean, if you think you're going to be able to play so stout up front that those safeties aren't going to have to make tackles in the open field. I mean, totally in space where you are... They will be hung out to drive. Where it's a tackle or a touchdown. Or a tackle or 40 more yards. That's I think that's, the problem. Yeah, I think that's an interesting game plan part of this question. It's like, how does Notre Dame defend Georgia? Because I... And they did this a lot last week when you watch the tape. There was, you know, you play with the two corners and two safeties, but a lot of times that safety rolls right down to the box, and yeah. so you're sort of playing a, a four four almost. I I think Devin Sudsell and Jalen Elliott can tackle Nick Chubb if it's like in a crowd around the line of scrimmager, but if it's beyond six yards, forget it. Um, that's going to be a real problem for Notre Dame. And speaking of that, if you saw Georgia against Appalachian State, they really roll their, their safety uh, you know, to, to help in the ground game, especially uh, J.R. Reed. So they do that, which and means, they have to. Which means have yeah, to. which means Notre Dame's running backs should have an opportunity if they get past that first wall. Which is what defined the running game. And if you think about it on Saturday, and if you think about it, I kind of posted this in my Monday column, we ding people for stuff like what's wrong with this offensive some right away. What's wrong with the offensive line? They're getting stuff one yard gain, two yard gain. Look at all the best running attacks, and that happens. But the point is, it wears on you. You have that's happening because there's eight guys in the box. We like to make fun of the extra hat in the box. You keep hammering it, and you break free. Then there's no one there. That is how Ohio State has done it for several years. I went back to Ezekiel Elliott, the best running back in the world, is getting dinged for 13 stuffs in a game against Indiana. He had 275 yards rushing. I think it was okay that he got stuffed a few times. That's what Notre Dame showed on Saturday. It's been a really long time. And, and to that point, I counted, let's see, Michelle and Chubb had 31 combined carries, and I think I counted 16 stuffs yeah. between them. And that, that was excluding, you know, third and one sure, or, or you, third yeah. and two. You know, no, that's or, not a, or, you're getting the first down. It's right, not. It right, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I, it, I think it's a fascinating matchup. I, Jake Fromm. Is very is very very good. He's going to complete a lot of passes, swing passes, little turnout routes, stuff like that. He did not throw any intermediate passes when he came in relief of uh, Jacob Eason, and that was just the third series of the game. He either threw short or he threw deep. Um, and 
Smart. The, Tommy Tuberville did the had the was the color commentator for the game, and he said he was told by the Georgia coaches that that Fromm only knew fifty percent uh, of the offense, and it looked that way because they didn't get put a whole lot on his plate. Yeah, and that's the whole deep passing game aspect is interesting this week because I thought that was one of the things that Notre Dame did extremely well last week that we didn't really get into post-game or haven't written about much. It's like Temple didn't do anything 20 yards or longer. They had one 25-yard completion, and it was on a coverage bust, um, I believe by Sean Crawford, that Nick Coleman had to clean up. Uh, It was along the Temple sideline at the end of the first quarter. That was it. Yeah, they had two swing passes that went over 20 yards. Yeah. That's just a tackling issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those were just good play calls. Right. Um, so if Georgia is going to try to press the issue vertically uh, with Jake Fromm, I think Notre Dame will be in position to break that up. Um, now, if they press it a bunch and hit, then suddenly the running game opens up and you've got a problem. But in terms of the structure of Mike Elko's defense, for how much they didn't do last week in terms of blitzing and, like, funky formations and looks the the basics stuff looked really good in terms of taking away the deep ball because that was a real problem for Notre Dame last year in terms of injuries we'll find out later today about Durham Smythe when we speak with Brian Kelly is there anybody else that is not a frontline guy not not a frontline guy so that's uh, you know that's a good sign uh, moving forward Um, you know as I mentioned Georgia has some things to straighten out on their offensive line their starting right guard, he got a little banged up. I think he turned an ankle during the week, and so he didn't start. So he he would have been a starter. So that you know, one guy was already penciled in as a starter. But you'll have two new guards uh, playing for Georgia this weekend. What is? I'm curious what you guys think about this whole defensive line rotation thing. Because um, Brian Kelly after the game was like, "We're committed to it. We're committed to these younger guys playing." How much do they play on Saturday night? I don't think you can do the wave of defensive linemen that came in on the second series against Georgia because you might be giving away your second series. But I do think you got to give those – you need them all to have a break. And I think they will play – what was the snap total for uh, Heinish and MTV? Uh, Heinish played 24 real snaps last week and Tagovailoa played 20. I would still put them in the mid-teens because the problem is I don't think they're going to get any fourth-quarter snaps this week. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to. You're I not hope, rotating those guys. I would hope in. not. Yeah, but um, they have to rotate in the first half to keep you fairly fresh. Yeah, but, down. They were, but they were rotating in the first series. They can't last do that. Week. They, they won't they, do that. They can't do that. It doesn't make any sense. You have to put something on Tillery at this point. It's not going to be a hot night. It's not going to be that hard to play. I don't. I don't see this as an 80 snap game either. From no, side. Georgia doesn't play that yeah, way. So I think yeah, you're, you're in the 10 to 12, 14. Because look, Tillery played. He played the most snaps of all the defensive linemen with 45. In an I easy think. win, though, you're not gonna. It, it's got to go up. Uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, he could easily get to 65, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. No, I mean, no, that, after yeah. after the game, Drew Tranquil and Martini both said, like, ah, I feel so great, like, I feel like I could play another game. Well, Tranquil only played 33 snaps, and Martini played 41. <laughs> so duh. Like after this game, I think you would like to be like. Man, I am exhausted. Yeah. Like that would be a better reaction. Yeah, and I, I mean, if you if you believe that Notre Dame's a better conditioned football team, obviously they can handle the workload. So I I just don't. We're, there's no way we're going to see the the mass substitutions. And like you said, Tim, you know, certainly not entire units coming in. No, you, you can no. you can you know I think Tago Bailoa, Mosa 
played well enough that I thought you he played can, well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, and you can see why. I mean, that's a he has a that's a great three technique body. Yeah, he you gets know? a little off the ball pretty quickly too. Yeah, was... so I mean, maybe you know, you can insert him. I don't think you put him and Heinish in at the same time and back up defensive ends per se. You, you, look, we know it's like like tempo. Yeah, we're going to run tempo, and then it's done by the end of the first quarter. I think that'll be different. We have a question about that. You know, with with uh, Chip Long over the long haul, but uh, you know th- these things get a little overplayed when you're playing Temple and you jump to a you know you score three touchdowns within the first twenty minutes of the game. See, so twenty four guys rotated in, so you're going to see three safeties because it does still rotate in. Coney will rotate in a lot, Bilal a little. Um, you get plenty of Aquara on third down pass rush because he's better at it than other players. He's he's good at it. Yes, it's, it's, that's an actual role that he won. Trembetti will play plenty. Um, I don't think you see much Kareem. You you will see less Heinish and, and I think you, you see a lot less Heinish because that means Tillery. I think you're gonna I, you need Tillery in. You're gonna see well. We'll get in. There's questions on this in the second half, but I think you'll see Tranquil off the edge this week, which we I don't know how much. We, lot, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think people always talk about showing a lot. I don't think they showed a lot on D in terms of the blitz package. They really didn't. They that really might did not. Be the big difference that you would see this week. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, they really rotated 21 guys. Like if you. Right, Isaiah, Vaughn Pry, those guys don't. Isaiah count as Robertson much. Yeah. played ten snaps, yeah. but like not really. Um, yeah, and they didn't really rotate a lot in the secondary, which was interesting to me. I mean, Nick Watkins played a ton. Sean Crawford maybe played less than I would have thought. He only had twenty four snaps, and Watkins had sixty one. Um, they rotated a ton at linebacker. I think that is something that can carry over easily this week, uh, especially because Bilal and Coney, I think, are more built for this kind of game. Those are, they're co-starters. I mean, yeah, yeah. They're, you, you want them on the field. Yeah, but it's, it's safety. You're, you've got what you got. It's Coleman, Elliott, and Studsill. Yeah. There's you, Nobody's showing up um, to replace those guys right now. It's going to be it's gonna be a tough matchup for them. Uh, I mean, Georgia offensively, aside from Jake Frome, their, you know, their receiving game is... Pretty undistinguished. Uh, I'm sure they have very good athletes there because it's Georgia, um, but they just have not been overly productive. And, it, and I'm not sure they're going to be a, a position group that exposes Notre Dame in a, in a bad way. No, I don't think they will downfield. I think it's tackling is the most important thing for Notre Dame in this game because bubble screens to good athletes and slip screens to good athletes and catch and make one guy miss. They have the athletic ability to do that. That has nothing to do with Fromm's timing with them yeah. and a pro post route or anything like that. I don't think they're going to riddle the secondary. you got to tackle. That's There could be a lot of yards that come from mistakes as opposed to pass coverage mistakes. They don't even can cover their receivers. Yeah, and, it's, and, and that's an interesting back. dynamic because Temple was very effective with that, but I think that you just sort of give that up. If you're keeping your safeties deep, that means there's more open space by the line yeah, of scrimmage. Temple, was, Temple knew what to, to attack there. I'm sure Georgia will as well. In some ways, those are easier throws for Jake Fromm than chucking it deep. I think there's, and I agree with what you say, Pete, about the receivers. I think there's one guy, Javon Wims, who caught a deep ball from uh, from Fromm uh, early in his performance last week. It was underthrown. Uh, but he he's 6'4", 215. So he's a guy with size that I think that they might try to go go deep with. You know, what? another aspect that I'm interested to see is Georgia's secondary, it's very banged up. Um, it's also not very big, based on what I can gather, talking to uh, people who cover the Bulldogs. Um, and Equimania St. Brown should be set up to be very effective this week. And I, I'll be curious to see if, okay, do you, instead of Cam Smith, do you go more with Chase Claypool? Can you get St. Brown and Claypool on the field at the same time? Um, they definitely need something more from Alize Mack, or he shouldn't be out there as much as he was last week. 
Uh, I thought Nick Wisher was a surprise. You know, again, Durham Smythe's health, we're sort of waiting on the final word there, but that's optimistic um, from talking to people close to him. I I feel like it's a, it's a good opportunity for Brandon Wimbush to stretch his arm more than he maybe did last week. Um, and maybe ultimately that ends up with him taking fewer hits as well. You know, we always talk about the size of Nordane's receivers, and, and you mentioned it, Pete, about the size of their DBs. They, they don't have a safety over 6'1", 200 pounds. Sanders is six foot 200. The other safety is 6'1", 194. And that was brought up by your uh, uh, Georgia insider earlier in the week. So, you know, we talk about, well, will Georgia take shots downfield? Nordane might be in a position to take some shots downfield with their big receivers. You know who had pretty good safeties? Temple. Yeah, people had pretty good safeties yeah. on their team. They, I mean, that was a well. That was the strength, strength of the, That was the strength of their entire yeah. team, really. Their secondary. I think St. Brown could have a good day if if Wimbush is accurate when it matters. That, I mean, look, he's not going to have all day either. It doesn't matter. That's Georgia has a front seven that's going pro, so it's going to be quite a test for Wimbush. And not that the offensive line can't handle it necessarily. It's it's tough on a second year quarter. I uh, mean, a <coughs> second time starting quarterback to process everything that's going to be happening. It's going to be a lot faster. A lot faster situation up there for Wimbush, and that's the key. I think St. Brown could have a great day if Wimbush can, can deliver on time. Are we making predictions here? Yeah. O'Malley, you want to go first? Yeah, I, I've been on. This is, I, I don't know if people want to take this as science. <laughs> is it art or science? I'm going to yeah. channel the head coach. <laughs> Look, I, if this is game is so set up for Notre Dame to win, that if you, this is nine months has been building up to this moment. I have been on Notre Dame beating Georgia since the end of spring. I completely believe Brian Kelly about the culture change, without even referencing all the problems from last year. If not now, when is Notre Dame going to win a game like this? It's a toss-up game at home. When's the last important game they won? Important is the wrong word. Again, when's the last time they won a toss-up game against a peer opponent? Because don't give me Temple in 2015 or something <laughs> like that. That is, We're going back to, what, USC? In 2015, and Notre Dame was favored by more than a touchdown. You could look at Georgia Tech. They upset, technically, Georgia Tech at home. It was a bad team, but we didn't know at the time. You know, We thought that was a great win. They just they haven't had this in a long time. You might have to go back to the Music City Bowl. And this means a lot more than the Music City Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, what, Michigan State in 20... 20... You want to go back that far? 13? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, you kind of have to, yeah. don't you? I mean, LSU, I guess, was so kind of cool. But... So top 25 games where they're both ranked. Brian Kelly is 7-11 and at Notre Dame, which is... Is poor, and he's two and six in his last eight, which is terrible. Um, now at home in that whole stretch, they're four and two. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be five and two. I do too. I I think Notre Dame will beat Georgia. I now I will say this: this game, if you're if you're when I saw that point spread come out of six and a half, it was weird to me because oh God, Notre Dame and Georgia could play this game, and the exact same thing could happen, but one team could win by seven points because yeah. something that happened, and so could the other. It's got. So don't don't ever give away points if you're out there and you're in a legal betting zone of the world. I think Notre Dame will win. Uh, I I expect the game score to be in the mid twenties. It's the over under is creeping up to fifty seven. I am in the ridiculously close twenty eight twenty seven Notre Dame range in a really good college football game to watch. I think eventually they start giving up some points. The defenses will play well, and eventually there's a lot of athletes and. Points just happen in college now. This 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 proves my point that I made in last week's Thursday thoughts about why I hate picking game by game preseason because football is too volatile. There are too many injuries. We anticipate Jacob Jacob Eason being in this game. Uh, I I figured that Georgia's offensive line would be a little bit more cohesive than it was. 
Notre Dame should win this game. I mean, they're if at home. they'll win. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Notre Dame should win this game. I, I think we're both a little surprised at the over-under rising as as the week went on because this, I mean, it looks like a low-scoring game all the way. It's gone up to 57. And overtime's a possibility in this game, too. That's, yeah, it that's really true. is. It's just, do they count, do you they shut count, your mouth. Yeah. Do they count on, yeah, do they count, yeah, really. We need a new kickoff. Do they count overtime. on overtime when the no, odds makers they, move think, the line? I think they count on super close games where yeah, stuff happens. where it's possible. Yeah. 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 I, Notre Dame should win this game. Agreed? Yeah, I think Notre Dame will win this game. It's, uh, you know, Georgia's defense is kind of Alabama light, L-I-T-E, and... They don't make a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. Um, they're big and they're physical, but you, know, you look at the the offenses that they really held down last year under 20 points is Vanderbilt, Auburn, and South Carolina, and those quarterbacks were Kyle Shermer, Sean White, and Perry Orth. I like Brandon Wimbush more than any of those three guys. You like Brandon Wimbush North? more than Perry Orth. <laughs> he's an up-and-comer. I hear yeah, good things about him. I think he's him. overrated as a two-star. Um, so Notre Dame will get in the 20s. I think probably the high 20s. I picked them to beat Temple by 10 points, so naturally I'm going to pick them to beat Georgia by 10 points. Uh, so I, I like Notre Dame 28, 27-17. Uh, we'll go with that. I, I, I think Notre Dame will play very well. I think the offensive line... They're, if we really want to boil this podcast down to one minute, I'd say... Orth is the minute. Yeah, Orth <laughs> is the one minute. Who has the biggest strength? Notre Dame's offensive line. Who has the biggest question? Georgia's quarterback it's on the road for georgia I, so I, I like notre dame to win this game very quickly they have the biggest strength and georgia has the biggest question very quickly on the on the road thing everybody's expecting twenty thousand georgia fans um i know there's two restaurants in south bend that are completely rented out to georgia fans including one across from campus which is just remarkable when you think about that on a friday night uh the twenty thousand georgia fans is someone that went to the nebraska game in 2000 and a lot of people went to the Texas game. There was there was a very good representation of Texas. They didn't have a chance to cheer, of course, two two years ago. They already killed them. The second best crowd of the new of the post Lou Holtz era, clearly USC is the best. Two thousand five is that Nebraska game because the Notre Dame fans that didn't sell their tickets were really really mad that there were thirty thousand Nebraska fans right. screaming in their stadium. And you're going to have that again. Do you want fifteen thousand fans for Notre Dame that barely want to be there, or do you want? Georgia's super loud fans getting your fans mad. This is it will be a great atmosphere and Georgia helps it. I think it will be just like Temple. <laughs> yeah. It's just another game. That's what we heard yeah. yesterday. Like yeah, I think sorry. Georgia's last thing we'll say I think Georgia's individual personnel defensively is impressive. I'm not sure that as a full unit that they're that impressive. I'm probably going to take the points and a Notre Dame win. I think that's a that's yeah. a fair outlook yeah. as well. That's right. a, Compromise. I, oh man, I totally agree with you. Before we end segment, went, like I am very intrigued by the atmosphere on Saturday night. It'll like, be great. That's like it's not as interesting as the game, but it's as interesting an atmosphere question as like I I I feel like I've covered because I I was not covering Notre Dame back in that Nebraska yeah. time, but Texas was kind of interesting. Green Martini referenced that yesterday. Is like you come in and like. A lot of burnt orange in here, but then warmups go through, and like they didn't have anything to cheer about. They had. Not, this is more no of a back and forth. It, well, it's got to be, be more fine. of a back and forth than Texas was. It's not going to be that game. <laughs> so it's this. Oh, it's going to be a great crowd, and I know people are lamenting the sale of the ticket, but what do you want? Someone to, they're not going to cheer anyway. What's the big deal? Yeah, get some Georgia fans in to make it loud and fun. Back for segment <laughs> two with questions on burning up the boards. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by. 
Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider. We've got questions from our readers and from the Twitter.com. We'll start there. First up, Brian Mann, and he wants to know, is this game more similar to 2012 at Michigan State or 2012 Oklahoma? In terms of importance? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not late enough in the year yet. It's it's crucial for the fan base and Brian Kelly because you know it, it almost negates the win last week in their minds, but it's closer to Michigan State. I think it's too early. Uh, I think people want a reason to believe, and that was when people started believing uh, in Notre Dame that year. It was Michigan State because they came off the Purdue game, which was kind of boring, or, or a game they should have won by more, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Oklahoma, I mean, that was that's the best win of the Brian Kelly era. This wouldn't be the best win of the Brian Kelly era. It would be pretty important, though. Um, the only reason Michigan State's not like the second or third best win, he said 2012, right? Yeah. Okay. The only reason Michigan that's State not was was tenth, believe it. That or was not. A, oh, they were favored, and they looked. I mean, Notre Dame started the game with two false starts before they snapped the ball. It looked like a bad situation. Um, it was shocking how they dominated them. I think I can't go Oklahoma. It's not there yet. The USC in mid October would be something where you're comparing it to Oklahoma, but this is early. Um, doesn't guarantee anything, but this would really kind of crystal bring a fan base together that needs to be because there's not enough people that believe that the change has happened yet, and this would do it. I think. You know, I I have to compare it to Michigan State. If if you lose. You've got to win three out of four on the road in order to come into the USC game with a bye week and just one loss. So I mean, in, it's a in that sense, important game. Oh, there's yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, if you if you beat Georgia now, look that cha- that changes the way everybody looks at the yeah yeah the rest of September certainly. We were shocked leaving East Lansing when they destroyed that Michigan State team. Yeah, they yeah. Just still am bundled them. Yeah. <laughs> still, learning <laughs> was a lot better than Michigan State. As I know, out but that year, but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'd say n- none of the above. I'd compare it more to the Michigan game in 2012. You know, you came off the Navy win in Ireland, dominant performance. Come home, play Michigan. You know, that was a kind of a weird game. Um, <laughs> Beat Purdue. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't overly yeah, inspiring, Purdue, but it was a win. It's Purdue, Michigan yeah, State, Michigan. Went Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. So there was like, it felt like there was something more on the line there at Michigan State. We weren't really sure. Um, this, I, I feel like there's a, there's like three or four weeks worth of credibility for Notre Dame in one game. Because um, if they lose yeah, this, that's a good point. You're really going to spend. The next four weeks, and people were like, Boston College, whatever. Michigan State sucked. Yeah, yeah, North Carolina, so. Miami of yeah, Ohio. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're gonna have to wait all the way to USC to third prove weekend anything. of October before you would before you would get yeah. any real respect. More than a month. So I feel like this is there's there's like a lot of credibility for Notre Dame rolled into this game. Um, so it's I guess it feels like neither. It feels more right. like that Michigan game. Where you, you beat them, and you're like, okay, okay, there's something's maybe something's happening here. We, ha- well, we have to rank everything, don't yes. we? Yes. This is an important <laughs> game, period. I mean, would, how, should would people, win. how would people know this was an important game if Notre Dame wasn't ranked? It was a top 25 well, game? Well, if you ask them, it's not very important. So there's no. <laughs> it's the same as the Temple game. All right. Yeah, the other Twitter question wants to know this is from Derek Garber. He says, last week it was mentioned Notre Dame didn't have, have the luxury to, quote, hide plays formations for the Georgia game. 
coming out of last week, did you change your mind at all on that topic? Defensively, I mentioned I think they had more not yeah. more coming in the blitz package. Yeah. It was it was Coney and Morgan, Morgan and Coleman. It was kind of the time blitz something mm-hmm. got, and they, we've seen that. I mean, every team runs that big yeah. order around all yeah. the time. That's a, I mean, it's, it's a good point. It yeah. it delegitimizes certainly something. Uh, you know. A, what I said, I think RPOs too. I don't think we I don't saw. See, that's what I was. What we did not see. No, no. That. I I think that whole part of their game was um, concealed, I guess, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, I, the, the point is taken. There there were some things that I don't know if they were deliberately held back, but I think there were things on both sides of the ball that we didn't see that we'll see this weekend. You're thinking maybe in the third quarter when you average 45 yards a carry, you don't have to show everything for Temple too. That could right. happen. <laughs> Right. Hand off touchdown, hand off touchdown. Yeah. yeah, I feel like in some ways offensively more more was held back than defensively. I mean, they, they only ran, at least from running plays, they only ran out of a two-back set twice. One of them was sort of a 60-yard run. Um, I just, there's probably more variety there than what we saw uh, last weekend. And certainly there was no real misdirection. I don't know, right. if, that's gonna, I don't know if that's done. going to be a thing because Georgia's not a real like fast-flow defense. Um yeah, their linebackers are. I don't, no, I don't, it's like an, an over-pursuit kind over, of yeah. I'm not saying they're not fast. Oh, in a bad okay. way, they don't yeah. over-pursuit. Just like, you know, where you yeah. get hit by counters. I mean, like yeah, I, I don't think we maybe touched enough about their linebackers in the first segment. Their linebackers are really good. And, they, and they've got two two guys on the interior line that would start for Notre Dame. Uh, Melham <laughs> asks, Indy has to rush for how many yards to beat Georgia? 142. I would go more. I think about 160, 100. I think if they get to 180, I would definitely think they won. I think the most important thing is they run about 40, 38, 40 times because it's the absence of bit dumb throws on second and nine. You know, I just, I, I feel like they need to, I think they need to be stubborn again. Like Brian Kelly said, you got to let the game come to you at times. I think it's hard to, I think it's always hard to put a number on rushing yards. I mean, what, what if Josh Adams has a 60 yard run to start the game? You know, now. Well, it's 37 points. And he gets, and he gets, no, and he gets yeah. stopped. And they end up not scoring. Well, you know yeah, what I'm saying? The I red mean, zone because, comes into play. I agree with no, you. No, but I'm yeah, saying over the course of yeah. it, it, it skews the total number of yards. I think more important is how's Notre Dame in third and short or fourth and short? Does Notre Dame stick with the running game in the red zone, which I know that you're high on, which is important. Yes. Get some points. I think it's very difficult to put a number on it. I understand why the question is asked. I think. You know, 180 is a. If you hit 180, you would think, well, certainly you've loosened things up enough. But my point is and that if you get 40 times if you too, get probably. 60 of them on the first carry yeah. and you end up not getting any points out of that, then it skews the whole rushing number. Brad Kelly has a formula I've never been able to figure out. He talked about I think in 2011 that if every 80 yards it would now be 75 because you start at the 25 yard line. Every 75 yards should be seven points on the whole on the whole offense. Oh right, so that's right. You're right. If, yeah, if you have a 60-yard run, you're tackled at the five, and you fumble. That's a bad play. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. that wouldn't count. You're right. But I think that's a good sign. If you're in the 160 to 180 range, you control the game enough to be the well, aggressor. You would okay. think. I mean, just in, in reasonable terms, outrushing the opponent, Brian Kelly is 44-7. and seven. A getting, lot of losses came last year when they couldn't Getting outrushed, he's 14-24. and 24. Do you think Notre Dame will outrush Charger this weekend? Mm, oh, that's no. a great question. No, I think it's going to have to. Fall I, off. I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I just, I don't. Well, the game more. I yards? don't see a ton on that Georgia offensive no, line, no. and we know yeah, that they've I been agree. complaining about it for, for more than a year. I, I, I just. I think they'll outrush Georgia. 
You think they'll outrush yeah, Georgia? Outrush That's Georgia. all right. You're on record with that. To. You're on record with that. Golden, <laughs> Golden by name asks, who are the two or three players that need to improve the most from week one uh, from to week two for Notre Dame to have a chance to win Saturday night? Uh, I, can I vote for Holiday Mac for all three? I was going to, but I have two other guys can help out. Okay. Yeah, well, he would a, be number. It's the M and M boys, isn't it? Yeah, Morgan Martini and Mac. Right. right? That's, <laughs> that's the game. Those guys. Alize Mac, if you didn't know his pedigree, the drop off between the first string tight end, the second string tight end, and then Alize Mac was embarrassing last week. While Durham Smythe is killing himself, diving down the seam to catch any ball two within injuries. the vicinity he of suffered him, two injuries. Alize Mac is was wondering his... if he should go after that ball or protect his precious body. That that will not happen again. I'm sure Brian Kelly and Chip Long had a talk with him. He was so out of sorts. I'm not going to put it all on him as his first game back. He was probably pressing like crazy. But you know what a good way to get back in the game is? Catch the perfect pass. Brandon Wimbush throws you at the goal line. Get hit and get up. And then you're back. Durham Smythe put in everything he had to that game. I, I know. That's all that, that he, it's embarrassing you, what happened. Was that his same off. shoulder? It was his right shoulder? That Was that the same one that was surgically repaired after Virginia? I feel like he's had everything ago? repaired. He just yeah. he, he is all in. That I mean, that was an effort. That game. All he game sh- long. He shows the traits. All game, that is all the grit and trait you could ever look for. Yeah, I mean, I, I had Alizé back. To, um, Tim, I don't know how you... I had him with seven targets and two catches. And I had two drops. Yeah, and two drops. Yeah. Um, Nick Wisher had three targets and three catches and a touchdown. So and a heck of a, well, and it's, it's it's especially important that Mac plays well if Smythe doesn't play or isn't a hundred percent. And Mac will not play like he did last week this week, but I, you need Mac to really show up. Yeah, yeah, I do think the the Smythe, even though I fully expect him to play, and you know, even though he's one hundred percent, I I think that is of critical oh, to Notre Dame this weekend. Um, not only in the passing game, but the run game and the helping Hainsey Kramer game. I mean, they. And the leadership have some yeah, guts and go play football. Guys. He Durham Smythe was fantastic last week in effort. Yeah. I cannot say that when you watch that on film, first, I mean, the it was like two after every time Durham Smythe would do something, Mac would do something that totally negates it yeah. <laughs> from a positional standpoint. It's it won't happen again. I'm not. I don't want to keep piling Wouldn't on. You but say, that was terrible. I mean, Brock Wright's their second best blocking tight end after Durham Smythe. I thought Wisher did okay. I thought uh, on the but just overall, yeah. When they I mean, that's stuff. why he's the fullback in, right. in the Good point. Zone, yeah, right? But yeah, I think the issue with Wright is understanding who to block. I would imagine that's true. But I mean, if you're just like, just get that guy. Yeah. Um, and I think the the fullback he was he was just sort of okay in that role because there are a lot of times you're like, oh wait, who might. And, you know, you can take the wrong guy or take a bad angle. I guess but Komet had the block of the day for a tight end, right? For Dexter Williams. Not room. like it didn't Nick, matter as much. But. Nick Shargan knows who he's blocking <laughs> from <laughs> Temple. I love that kid. Love, would love to see. He would be he would be key to Chip Long's I'm, offense I'm in the red zone. telling you, at some him. point, Asmar Bilal went up to the coach and goes, we should really get a fullback like Man, that because they block me to the ground every play. That dude lines you up, squares you up, and drills you. He's really good. I like him. Great hair as well. All right, JLEX1227. <laughs> we didn't see too much tempo against Temple, I'm guessing, because it wasn't needed and or it didn't necessarily create an advantage against their defense. Do you expect to see more tempo against Georgia? I do a little bit, but not much. I think Notre Dame uses it wisely. They uh, On the first touchdown, there were two plays. There was the corner to, to St. Brown for whatever, 35 yards, and then the long touchdown run. 16 seconds in real life elapsed between St. Brown's legs hitting the ground and Notre Dame's next snap. That's pretty fast. Yeah. And that caught them, and they scored. 
And I did notice they try to use tempo when they have big plays, which is smart. You're keeping the, you know, it's you're dictating it's like sudden change within an it, offense. Within an offense, yeah. The Notre Dame is not the tempo team where they get stopped for a one yard loss and they jump right back up to the line. They're, that's just not going to be. Yeah, way. I think two things to keep in mind. One, Notre Dame had quickly had a fourteen nothing lead and then had a twenty one three lead early in the second quarter. And you remember Chip Long saying, "I can dictate the tempo of the offense." Uh, depending upon the score and the situation, and maybe that came into play. I, I, we also talked about. I'm tired about predicting them staying in tempo and you know that yeah, kind of thing. But it. but I think but I think with Chip Long they will. So I think it's situational. Um, as an offense, they still have to get comfortable with it. And I know that they've practiced it, but they still have to get comfortable with it. It's easier um, to get comfortable after a 50-yard game. I'm not being sarcastic. 30-yard game, go, go, go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To, absolutely. Hey, we just got stopped. Let's just jump right back up there and, and run something. Yeah, or if you, I could see them getting into tempo mid-drive if they get some matchups all of a sudden because they played so much two tight ends last week, and if Ali Zemak really is better, then suddenly that becomes a real problem for Georgia yeah. to deal with. Um, or you, know, you get... Some short corners out there, and you're in a St. Brown Claypool Max Smythe combo. I mean, yikes! That would be that would be an interesting thing to to have to deal with if you're Georgia and you're having a hard time getting lined up. Just it's you know it's a matchup issue. Additional, I'm going to throw one in here. Claypool has a big play this game, doesn't he? Or they take a shot. He only played 15 snaps of offense. Yes, do they take a shot because I, he's the yeah. least known guy that runs a 3840 in the world. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's a great matchup against yes. Georgia's safeties, yeah. no doubt about it. Who, J, and D fan? Game plan, load the box with eight to stop the run and pray for our safeties. <laughs> I like how this word has actually changed a little bit. Or play normal, 425, and blitz like mad. I think certainly on, on first down and second and long, um, yeah, you, you, you're, you've got to stop Chubb and Michelle. So the way to do it is put extra hats in the box. But... You know, you've got to. It's got to be a combination of things. You, look, the whole key here is you got to get Jake Fromm in third and eight, because theoretically, a swing pass isn't going to get you a, a first down on third and eight. Um, he doesn't want to throw, or they didn't throw to the intermediate range. Now that will probably change this yeah. week, uh, but it is still his first start. You know, it was almost like a start. I mean, he he played three and a half quarters basically, um, so he's got three and a half quarters of experience under his belt, but. Um, it's not one thing, obviously, and, and fortunately, Mike Elko is a good enough coordinator to to realize that. But certainly on first down, you need to you 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 need to make sure it's second and seven, not second and three. Yeah, and I, to the point of getting into third and passing, uh, Notre Dame played its nickel defense on six snaps last week. Temple had one run for ten yards. That was not a first down. And the quarterback was two of five for 39 yards and only had one first down in that group. So six snaps, one first down. I think that's a that's a winning percentage if you can get Jake Fromm into third and eight or more. I think Mike Elko is to be completely trusted with this defensive game plan. And it will be a, com- a mixture of many, many looks. They won't. There's not going to be eight down all the time. It's well, the third. Getting the third down is obviously the key all the time. But I, I can't. I, I'm so interested to see what he does in this game because yeah. you can't leave your safeties out there too much against the speed. It's just so now. How much does Georgia counter by saying, "Okay, there's an extra hat or two in the box. We're going to throw on first down." 
you have to, you know, you have and to. And then you got to make the tackle. Well. I think tackling for Notre Dame is the is the number one thing in this game because their defensive line is healthy. They'll be oh, they'll be fine. Their defense line is not going to get run over. I, I think that's a a thought of the past. This, the front line, defensive line, and the good ends and relief are are are, in, are good players. To the earlier question about a player that needs to improve, Julian Love would be on my list as well. Um, for this. For the answer to this question, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're going to put more guys in the box and he's going to get thrown on, he just didn't really have a great game. Um, I think it was maybe better than I thought. Than live, live. Um, yeah. but he wasn't the man. That guy's so reliable. Reaction that um, that we sort of come to know. Actually. He kind of gave up a second touchdown, right? I mean, we remember the jump ball, um, but it was his run fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was I had a hard time figuring that one out. But, but he, he had to get outside, he, clearly. I mean, he could have helped and yeah. was not able to help. He was just sealed out. All right, last question. Dip98. If two weeks in a row is too much over-under, I understand that it will cease and desist. If not, <laughs> com- oh, we'll just he's got four here. Combined never, ru- never too okay. much over-under. <laughs> Combined <laughs> rushing yards for Chubb and Michelle, 165, noting that they had 183 against App State. All right, I'll say two weeks isn't too much, but three is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Combined rushing yards, Chubb, Michelle, 165. They had 183 last week against App State. They got stuffed quite a few times. Uh, I'm stalling because I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go over in the Tim Priester theory of the hit one. So that puts your yardage up. That doesn't mean... You know, if one carry is 67 yards, maybe the next 39 can average four. That's that's not a problem. So I, I, I think they hit one because if their name's in the box, they're going to beat the box at some point, and they're not going to make the tackle. So they hit one to go over. It could be cosmetically over because of that one run, though. I think it will be substantially over and, like, in real in real, <laughs> in real world. In real world terms. Okay. And that... That's what concerns me. That's in the back of my mind that we suddenly think the Notre Dame's defense is better than we thought a week ago. I, I do think they're, but no, they're better than I thought a month and a half ago for their front line. Not, not. Yeah, not, well, yeah. I think we we all feel that yeah. based upon what we saw with our own eyes and four practices. But and if anybody's going to break a long one, it's Michelle because he's the one with the wiggle in the open field. Unless Chubb's running people <laughs> so over and then, unless <laughs> Chubb's running people over and then. You know, then Notre Dame's got a whole bunch of problems. Interceptions by Brandon Wimbush, one and a half. Over two. Not three, though, but... Yeah, you know, I asked him yesterday... He's getting one. He's getting one. I asked him yesterday about... Did you hear me ask the question about... You know, you, you you got a great arm, you got great accuracy, you make all these throws in practice, but then you get in a game and you don't want to commit a turnover in your first start... How do you draw the line there? Um, I, I how about <clears throat> turnovers by Wimbush? I'll say too. There's a better way. That's to how play. I was going to answer. That's how right. I think. That's that's my question. That's my. I'll response. say under the one point five in interceptions, interceptions, but you you I may think have that's a point under there as well. I you know one thing I, I don't know how you guys felt watching the tape like he throws off his back foot. He's got arm angles all over the place. Like I think some of that is good because um, it helps you sort of avoid pressure, but. I got to think at some point he's going to just have a dog accuracy game as well because that's just not the way to be consistent. It's not a big takeaway. Georgia defense, Sanders, the outspoken uh, safety this week, had three last year. He he led the team with yeah. three. Um, I'm on two uh, turnovers because he I think a lot of the game's on Wimbush still. Like Yeah, no doubt about, about it. They were talking about how it's not all on him, but he had, he had his hand in how 30 about, passes and 12 runs. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of, how about Andy Sachs at two and a half? Given up, 
Um, yeah, g- giving. Yeah. How many times will Wimbush be sacked? Two and a half over under. Under. Yeah, I think two. I think under also. Yeah. Now I'm adding one though to uh, dip ninety eight. Notre Dame sacks three and a half. They had three uh, last week. Over. Over. Me too. Big, big um, day. No, I say under. Say There's under? too many, too many three step drops in Fromm's Ooh, game. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to. I don't. I don't think he's going to do too many five step drops unless he's throwing it deep. What and, happens when you get down thirty to nothing? I think he's too. I think he's yeah. Well, I think he's too sharp, frankly, to to be sacked more than that. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm sticking I, with my. Curious about this three one. to four. Three to four. <laughs> three yeah. to four. It was three last week, so it was. That was cool. That was, that was good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over there. There's so. one more on here. Interceptions by Fromm. 1.5. Oh, sorry. I think he's only going to throw like 15 passes. I think he'll probably get a pick. Speaking of teams that don't take the ball away a lot, if we're going from last yeah. year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be Notre Dame. Yeah. I would I would definitely say under there. I, I mean, I, I don't want to put, I don't want to give the kid too much credit, but I think that he's, as everybody says, he's a sharp, smart quarterback, and I think he'll avoid those situations. 15 passes. If he passes 15 times, we're all wrong in our prediction. Notre Dame will lose the game. That means they are running the ball properly, <laughs> the way you should. Yeah, that would be that's a bad guys. Sign. A, there are a lot of completions in the flat. Yeah, against any defense. Tackle. Yeah, no, it's very important. I, Notre Dame's linebackers, more than anybody, have to tackle way way better this week. All right, we have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I guess you guys will have to watch the game on Saturday to figure out what's happened because this podcast sort of explained every eventuality, which means we explained none of it. But until then, we'll be back Saturday. Pre- 45 to 43 <laughs> yes, final score. Something's going wrong. Notre Dame 2, Georgia 0. Uh, Jake Fromm throws for 327 yards. And, and you, we'll tell you, you heard it here first because we, we said anything could happen. Uh, we'll be back Saturday. Uh, for our pregame instant analysis inside the stadium, I'll give you a little update on what the Georgia Red Invasion feel is like, and obviously postgame instant analysis as well after Notre Dame Georgia on Saturday night at Notre Dame Stadium. Thanks for listening to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Pete Sampson, joined as always by Tim Priester and Tim O'Malley.